0: Hello and welcome to our first episode of 2019. We've got some great guests lined up today, including Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon, Senate Leader Tony Atkins, and Congressman Adam Schiff. All of them are here to answer two questions on many people's minds. What will Democrats do with their increased power? And in California specifically, how will they deal with President Donald Trump? Alright, here's the show.
1: We are not going to have a circus here.
2: I appreciate the president's tweet when he thanked me.
3: Can you please hug me?
0: (laughs) I think it's a gift to the Republicans to talk about impeachment.
3: You know what, everybody? They never thought we could do it.
0: You're listening to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. Today on the show, we look at the Democratic agenda. We begin with the state legislature where Democrats will have their largest advantage in the Assembly in 135 years and their largest Senate advantage in 56 years. So what will Democrats do with their roughly three-fourths control? I recently sit down with the leaders of both chambers, Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon and Senate Leader Tony Atkins. The conversations have been edited for brevity. As you'll hear, they appear to have slight differences on the issue of tax increases. While Rendon seemed adamant they would not happen, Atkins left open the possibility. On the issues, though, they agree housing and wildfires will be at the top of the priority list. Here's a portion of both conversations. We'll start with Rendon, followed by Atkins. What can we expect for this session? What's going to be at the top of the priority
3: list? Uh, I've had a lot of conversations with members over the past 24 hours. The things that seem to be on their mind most are, are housing, uh, the housing crisis that all all Californians uh, seem to face in one way or another, and certainly the wildfires. Mm-hmm. Um, after returning for, for a couple of months, uh, the members all, all seem to be talking about what happened, not only uh, up... Uh, n- north of North of Sacramento, but also down in Southern California. So we're gonna we're gonna look at both. Do you think your job's
0: gonna be easier with Newson now? I don't know.
3: It's it's always it's always tough to to tell, and it's, and everything is a three way negotiation, and to have Tony Atkins in there too <laughs> right. is is uh, the dynamics are gonna be very different. There's a tremendous amount of stability here over my first couple of years. Love Tony. Very com- comfortable with her. She was a colleague here on this side. But to have a, a couple of new faces, it'll, it'll uh, probably open some doors and pre- pre- present some opportunities, but, uh, but uh, you never know.
0: And when you say the dynamics are going to be different, do you just mean you're going to be able to get more progressive things through? What do you mean by dynamics are going to change? I just mean
3: the, the characters change, okay. uh, not only a new governor and a newish ish yeah. uh, pro tem, but also the fact that we have you know, seven, eight new members on our floor. The Senate has, I think, four or five new members. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? The administration will be populated with, with a lot of new folks. So you know, personalities change, uh, roles change, and all those types of things.
0: Looking back at the midterms, now you're going to have – Maybe 61, probably 60, largest assembly advantage in 135 years on the Senate side. It ties the largest for since 2010, it was 56 years before that. What are you going to do with the power that you have that's historic right now?
3: Well, members are, are convening today. Uh, we'll see what, uh, what types of bills they introduce. The vast majority of bills uh, that are introduced require 41 votes. Uh, I think uh, having more Democrats will allow us to get uh, – Maybe maybe easier to get some of those uh, some of those votes passed.
0: Is there is there any worry that's going to be harder to wrangle votes because now that there's more flexibility in your majority, people can kind of try and seek leverage and defect more in blocks.
3: Uh, it's not a concern. It's not a concern for me. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about that.
0: Should voters be concerned about two-thirds being required for additional taxes? Can they be expecting tax increases? There's
3: no – no. Uh, I don't anticipate uh, uh, any uh, – there's, there's no plans on the books right now for tax increases. Or, raise,
0: or raising fees. Uh, there's, like... <laughs> there's no proposals out there for raising fees
3: either. Uh, gotcha. It will be interesting to see what the members come forth with in terms of bill ideas.
0: What is your takeaway from the midterm?
3: I think two things. I think, first of all, uh, all that we worked on over the past couple of years, whether it was minimum wage or farm worker overtime or our climate change efforts, our gun control efforts, I kept saying that for us, for California, particularly with the contrast uh, that we're drawing between California and D.C., I kept saying that our efforts would be the best political advertisement we could possibly have. Um, I think those efforts paid off. I think Californians said, overwhelmingly californians said yeah we like what you're doing and we want to make sure that, uh, that there's more people there to, to do what you're doing and i also think the contrast with the, the federal government level and with the congress uh congress flipping and you saw lots of new faces uh, get elected throughout the country i think that's as I, I think people are kind of watching uh at least california's model if not california
0: And if you look at just the math of how many Republicans there are versus the registration, it fairly matches up fairly well in the legislature. Not that your heart's going to be bleeding for Republicans with my question here, but is there any worry that there's no viable second party and that you have just unfiltered power now? Uh,
3: No, I'm not concerned about that at all. I have very good relationships with our Republican colleagues. I chatted a long time, uh, several times with the uh, new Republican leader Marie Waldron, very respectful of, of she and her leadership. They're going to push back, uh, as they always do, and they should. Party labels mean something, and they should. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're going to they're, they're going to play their role here. What do you
0: think it's going to be? I'm trying to to just push back on it a little bit. I mean, you got a you've got historic advantages. Does that right. not change the the power dynamic at all?
3: Uh, I think. I, I, I served here when we had a two-thirds majority when we had a supermajority and when sure. we didn't I felt like we probably got more done when we didn't so it's always difficult to tell you you, you never know you never know uh, the situations are that are going to present themselves and and it's it's always a different dynamic it's you're dealing with human the human element to a large extent here
0: so Trump has been like California's bad, it's right. terrible, and then and that's a big part of his messaging. We can't have these super liberal policies nationally. Right. So when he campaigns in 2020, he could be trying to run against California in some respects. Right.
3: Oh, I hope he does. That'd be great. We're the fifth largest economy <laughs> in the world. Um, we have an $18 billion budget reserve. Uh, I hope he does. Uh, the, if you look at the strength of our economy, you look at the way we're saving for the future, uh, the best – thing Donald Trump could do for Democrats, as was the case this time, was to run against us. Uh, I think we picked up a lot of seats because of Donald Trump. I think if you look, Congress flipped, um, and that was because of Donald Trump too. So I hope I hope that's a contrast that he does draw.
0: So diving into the issues, because I know you're very passionate about public policy issues. What is on the table for the priorities in this next legislative session, mm-hmm. uh, and and how do you leverage this historical Democratic advantage that you now have in the Senate?
1: Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know we always have a list of challenging issues, and we have a list of things we would love to do. Uh, we've just spent the last uh, however many years since twenty ten and the deficit, the twenty six billion dollar deficit. 26, 27. The governor says 27. But uh, we've spent the time since then um, rebuilding our um, rainy day with the rainy day fund, our reserve. But we've also been reinvesting in programs that we had to cut and expanding. And so you're going to see the tension between making sure we are fiscally sound and that we have the reserve that we need and the rainy day fund and still continuing to try to push forward those issues. You heard the long list yesterday, early childhood education, homelessness, housing. We still always have to pay attention to our water infrastructure. We have to pay attention to um, energy issues. We have to pay attention to, of course, wildfires. That's gonna be front and center. Uh, because communities are being devastated. And we've got to talk about how we're going to rebuild those communities, not just how we're reacting to fires. We've got to get beyond that conversation because they're happening all the time. And um, we've got to start to address the the immediate concern. Well, we have been, we did a lot last year to address immediate stuff but we've got to step beyond that and start to talk about how we rebuild communities like Paradise and, mm-hmm. um, and other communities that, uh, Coffee Park in Santa Rosa. You know, we've got work to do there. Um, I think you're gonna see us, we, we always wanna reinvest in education in one way or another, early childhood education, um, being the governor elects one of his priorities and Speaker Rendon, uh, Women's Caucus is very interested in that but you're going to see us look at lots of things. Um, I, in particular, want to talk about how we continue to work with our hardest hit Californians. We've uh, expanded the Earned Income Tax Credit twice. Um, What more can we do to help the bottom line of struggling Californians? Because middle income and lower income people are not seeing their incomes rise.
0: Should should Californians be worried that this two-thirds majority will lead to tax increases?
1: it's always a matter of discussion uh what fee we want to increase for what reason it's the always fee, not there. the tax not tax the t fee, i don't care I, whether it's a tax or a fee it's something that people have to pay sure uh, i you know i'm happy to call it a tax i'm sure. happy to call it a fee it is what it is mm-hmm. um but i think um i think it's overrated i think it's a conversation of discussion we had a two-thirds uh, at one point when I was speaker, and we didn't ex- we we didn't use it excessively. I, I you know we we I remember the MCO tax, which was a Republican and Democrat. I mean you had it was bipartisan. Um, we did a water bond. Um, we might have I'm trying we you know political stuff always requires if you're if you're reforming the political reform act that requires two-thirds. Now look, you're going to see a number of pieces of legislation put forward that take a two-thirds vote. It's up for discussion. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, we love to talk about the two-thirds majority, and I have no doubt that there will be things that it is used uh, for. Um, I think people are going to be pretty reticent about fees and taxes, given the fact that we have a budget surplus.
0: Americans, thank you for the time. I appreciate sure. it. I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. With Democrats regaining control of the U.S. House, The power dynamics have shifted in Washington. One California congressman now finds himself with tremendous power. As chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff will launch investigations into President Donald Trump and make more documents available to the public, let alone special counsel Robert Mueller. So what's in store for the president in the next year? Is the Mueller investigation approaching an end? I spoke with Schiff over the phone to find out. I also asked about his political future and skirmishes he's seen between Trump and California. Congressman Sheff, thanks for taking the time and coming on.
2: You bet. It's great to be with you.
0: So uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, the the ongoing investigation into the president. Can you just sort of reiterate how close you think we are to an end of the process as it relates to special counsel Mueller?
2: It's very difficult to say. Uh, The special counsel apparently just sought a six-month extension of the grand jury. Uh, that would indicate it's very possible more indictments are coming. Uh, but there are a number of issues the special counsel may be looking at. Uh, the obstruction of justice issue uh, probably has a finite number of witnesses, a uh, finite number of acts of the president, although he continues. It seems to add to those acts of attempted obstruction. Um, but the one witness he has not interviewed is the president of the United States and that may determine how long the investigation goes on if the special counsel decides that he needs to subpoena the president
0: where do you see the line between like the legitimate function of the house in checking the president versus uh like a, a fishing expedition how do you counterbalance the perception people can have that you're going after the president because you don't like him versus the legitimacy of the investigation
2: Well, first of all, we've had two years in which the Republican majority in Congress did no oversight whatsoever, Um, and so what we have had is a complete abdication of responsibility, complete abdication of uh, Congress's role as a co-equal branch to oversee the administration. Uh, And the first hearing that we have, the first uh, subpoena that's issued, the president will think is too much oversight. So you can anticipate. Any oversight at all is going to be labeled by the president as a fishing expedition, a witch hunt, uh, and presidential harassment. Um, sadly, he's gotten used to no uh, no will on the part of Congress to stand up to him anyway, and so that's going to be a rude awakening. The fact of the matter is, though, there are a great many deeply important questions that have been raised, deeply important allegations of corruption and malfeasance that need to be investigated uh, and issues that need to be overseen. Now, some of those are very generic. Uh, why do we continue to pay such high prices for prescription drugs? That's something the Government Reform Committee is going to look into. Um, other issues, um, the President was privately meeting with the Postmaster General in an effort to browbeat the Postmaster to raise postal rates on Amazon. Now, is this because the President has some interest in postal rates? I doubt it. And our old different assets <laughs> by the President to... Punish, Jeff Bezos, and the Washington Post. Um, These and other areas are quintessential government oversight. Uh, And he can call it what he likes, but uh, it has to be done to protect our institutions. It has to be done to protect our country. Uh, And in the Intelligence uh, Committee, uh, we need to determine whether a foreign hostile power has leverage over the President of the United States such that it warps our foreign policy. So the work is going to have to get done, whether he likes it's it It's time for our favorite
0: part of the show, Buzz of the Week. Uh, we and what I can't get off my
2: mind—it's sure Dutch. The we do. He's and the two-year-old
0: son of California's new governor, Gavin not Newsom. Not
2: and during Newsom's inaugural address, to most
0: things took an interesting turn midway through the speech. Adam Dutch came up on stage, and his dad picked him up. The but as Newsom brought up the issue of kids being ripped away from their parents at the border, Dutch wanted to come down. So his dad placed him down and Dutch's brother tried to get him to leave the stage. Shut down. But pacifier in mouth and blanket hand in hand, Dutch wasn't going anywhere. Newsom's wife, Jennifer, finally escorted Dutch out of the ceremony.
2: No she tweeted later that future speeches won't be court. scheduled
0: during Before, nap time. Uh, and with that, and and Dutch Newsom, you are my Buzz of the
2: Week. We'll be back in your feed in a couple
0: weeks with another episode. Now, if you course, have any headlines you can't get off your, your mind, begin with. please feel free to call me uh, and, and leave a message at 916 326 8. That's 916 326 and, uh, You can check our show notes for more information. It, Until next time, I'm so Brian Anderson. To out this is California out, Nation.
2: Uh, but here's the thing. We cannot reward this kind of uh, tactic. Uh, which was really modernized by the Tea Party. Uh, the Tea Party some years ago adopted the tactic, if you don't give us what we want, if you don't give us what we don't have the votes for, then we will we'll be back in your feed in a couple weeks with another we episode.
0: If you have any headlines and you can't get off your mind, please feel free to call to me and leave a message at 916 326 three six six 5538. That's 916 326 5538. You can check our show notes for more information. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. Is there any pathway in which you see. D- Democrats taking, taking, t- just conceding and, and giving him
2: money. We have been sending him uh, now bill after bill that has been passed by Republican Senate committees and by the, the Republicans in the Senate. Uh, that to me is a great sacrifice because those bills don't reflect the priorities of the House level and House Democrats in an effort to get the government open. And we're going to be sending uh, additional bills to reopen the government. So we're doing what what we can, Uh, but what we're not willing to do is we're not willing to waste $5 billion on a wall uh, that the experts tell us is not going to be effective, is not what's called for. Uh, If we're serious about dealing with uh, drug smuggling, uh, then we need to recognize that most of the drugs that are smuggled in this country are smuggled through lawful ports of entry. They're not smuggled in between ports of entry, Uh, but uh, uh, we just can't. Uh, reward this kind of tactic or we're going to see it used over and over and over again.
0: And you're a representative from a state that's very resistant to the president's policies, and the president has been very critical of California as well. You look at the wildfires as as one sort of example of criticizing California's forest management for that. Why do you feel the president is criticizing California and do you see this as a, a possible tactic to and sort of mobilize the base?
2: I think the president really views the country um, as those uh, states that were with him and those that were against him. Now, this is, uh, you know, among the most vindictive of presidents. Uh, Nixon, I'm told, was, had a vindictive quality to him. Uh, I didn't serve at a time when he was in office, so I'm not as good a position to tell, but uh, in much of what this president does, there seems to be a vindictive quality about it. I think the tax bill, for example, was among the first vindictive tax bills uh, where the elimination of state and local taxes was done to punish the blue states um, that uh, rely on higher taxes to serve their constituents and have taken advantage and being able to derive the benefit from the state and local tax deduction. So the president decided this is a good way to punish those Blue states the the red states, uh, and we've seen that through other policies as well, uh, an effort to single out California's air quality standards, so uh, the drilling uh, on the California coast. And, of course, uh, when he announced that we would be drilling off the coasts of the United States, he quickly decided, uh, along with his Secretary of Interior, to make exception for Florida, because that was the state that was with him, and California was the state that was against him. So time after time, we we see this kind of addictive political Uh, characteristic. And uh, I think it's deeply destructive of our union and only further uh, builds these divisions uh, between different regions.
0: And I had a couple final questions. I I know looking ahead to the future, uh, we're in campaign mode potentially for the, the 2020 election and your name has come up. Do you have any presidential ambitions or if not, do you have any particular potential candidates that you like at this time?
2: Well, you know, it's nice to be asked the question, and I have to say, uh, my sole focus right now is on conducting the investigation, and conducting the work of the Intelligence Committee. I would never say never, but I've got a pretty full day job, uh, without, uh, uh, adding the additional burden of lots of trips out to Iowa and New Hampshire, lovely as those places are. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to keep my focus on the investigation, and in terms of, uh, other people who are running right now, um, I am going to be keeping my eyes open and, uh like I think much of the country, um keeping my counsel private until I have a better sense of uh where I think we have to go and, and who's the strongest to take on Donald Trump.
0: Congressman Chess, thank you so much for taking the time. It was great having you.
2: Thank you. Great to be with you.
0: It's time for our favorite part of the show, Buzz of the Week. And what I can't get off my mind, it's Dutch. He's the two-year-old son of California's new governor, Gavin Newsom.
2: Now more than ever, we Californians know how much a house matters and children
3: (laughs) matter.
0: And during Newsom's inaugural address, things took an interesting turn midway through the speech.
2: My wife Jennifer and I have four children. There's nothing more important, I hope you can tell, than giving them a a good and happy life.
0: Dutch came up on stage and his dad picked him up. But as Newsom brought up the issue of kids being ripped away from their parents at the border, Dutch wanted to come down.
2: Should be ripped away from their parents at the border.
0: So his dad placed him down and Dutch's brother tried to get him to leave the stage but pacifier in mouth and blanket in hand, Dutch wasn't going anywhere. This is
2: exactly how it was scripted.
0: (laughs) Newsom's wife, Jennifer, finally escorted Dutch out of the ceremony. She tweeted later that future speeches won't be scheduled during nap time.
2: We will support parents. We will support parents. They need support, trust me. And with that,
0: Dutch Newsome, you are my Buzz of the Week.
2: So that they can give their kids the love and care that they need.
0: We'll be back in your feed in a couple weeks with another episode. If you have any headlines you can't get off your mind, please feel free to call me and leave a message at 916-326-5538. That's 916-326-5538. You can check our show notes for more information. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation.
1: You know, I could never even watch the show. I I thought it was so humiliating to watch people get fired publicly. So I I, I just thought, I have no desire to see this show. Uh, When he was doing, uh, what, The Apprentice?